The following podcast contains strong language and discussion of enslavement, attempted murder, and familial violence. It's in the book. Hello, hello. Welcome to It's in the Book, a queer Bible podcast. I'm Jay Sylvan. My pronouns are they, them, and I am a Unitarian Universalist minister who knows the Bible pretty well. I'm David Waters, Minister for Education at King's Chapel. My pronouns are he, him, and I know the Bible pretty well as well. I'm Sue Buzzard, she, her. I'm a lay person who really just has like surface level knowledge and encounters with the Bible, but I'm married to Jay. So I hear about a lot of cool stuff. So the way this show works is we are going through the Bible from the beginning. Right now we are edging towards the end of Genesis, finally, after two years. Wrapping it up. We tell a story in the Bible, David and I talk about it, and then Sue reacts to it. And then we try to make meaning about it from a historical and modern queer perspective. Because we're all queer. Yes. Queerness (laughs) rules. It is the (laughs) bomb.com. Totes. (laughs) Bomb.com. I feel like I haven't heard that one in a while. Yes, I don't, you know, I'm old. I appreciate um, you bringing it back. Bury <laughs> oh, <laughs> me. It's in the book. Previously in the Bible. So last week was rough. Jacob and his family were staying in a place called Shechem, and his only daughter, Dina, was, quote, disgraced by the prince of the land. It says that the prince loved Dina and offered a huge bride price, but her brothers were pissed. And Jacob said the entire town had to get circumcised as a bride price. While the men were healing from their body modifications, Dina's brothers, Simeon and Levi, snuck in and murdered them all and took all their wives, kids, and livestock as booty. And then Jacob got mad at them, but they were like, should we let our sister be treated like a whore? Then. The Israel clan left and headed towards Bethlehem, and Rachel died on the road, giving birth to Jacob's final son, Benjamin. Jacob's oldest, Reuben, slept with his dad's concubine, Bilhah. And finally, Isaac dies, an old man surrounded by his family. Oh, that's nice. Sort of. (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about Joseph and the princess dress. (gasps) Yay! And unlike (laughs) the past multiple episodes, this is something that I think you might know a little bit about. I Mm. 1000% know about (laughs) the princess dress, Joseph and the princess dress. So what do you know about it? Well, side note, I, I really like, Jay, how you have talked of this story and translated it and shared it with people. And I think it's really amazing. And I love it. And... Uh, the princess dress was the actual translation of what people might know of in pop culture as the multicolored technicolor dream coat. So this is the story that I know from the Andrew Lloyd Webber hit musical, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, that I listened to and memorized at the ripe old age of 11 years old. <laughs> and I am so thrilled. I'm like, great. I can't wait to hear how this relates to my knowledge, which is purely through that musical. Do so. you still do you still have it memorized? Yes. Not can you even. Give us a few, can you give us a few lines um, here? Yeah. 
J Joseph's mother, she was quite my favorite wife. I never really loved another all my life. And Joseph was my joy because he reminded me of her. Dead. And then like mm -hmm. that theme also comes back later. And then also the Pharaoh of Egypt is uh, usually uh, represented as an Elvis figure. And he's mm. like, hey, let me see. The cows are lightning. Go. Now that doesn't really happen. Fucking Andrew Lloyd. So it's like, yeah, there's cows, there's famine, there's stuff. It's great. And I know all of the colors of the coat, but I won't recite them because time is limited. What do you know about the the coat in general and the parts with his brothers in Canaan? Jacob gave his son Joseph a beautiful garment interpreted as a many colored coat his brothers were jealous of him they're like why do you get a nice coat why does he get a nice coat Ugh, stupid brother we're gonna take your coat and kick you and sell you into slavery and we're gonna tear the coat up and show it to our dad and be like oh no joseph died sorry yeah and then joseph was like i prophesize i see dreams and that ability helps him throughout his life to gain power okay, and riches. Okay, we're not going that far today. But like, great, you, mm -hmm. you actually know a lot. Yeah. Wow, I know Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'm impressed. Oh, Andy, oh my God. In the in the hierarchy of Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals, it sounds like Joseph is somewhere below Evita. Yes. But maybe above Starlight Express. Debatable, depending <laughs> on if you're Starlight Express. My perception of the show is that it is a very good show for children. For, okay. For young children to see and also to participate in. It's very good for doing like a children's theater musical type thing. Okay. All right. So let's get into this. So Jacob was settled in Canaan where his father had traveled. And when Joseph, his son, was 17, it's interesting that they actually name like a realistic age for once. <laughs> mm, yeah. It's like, oh, 17. I remember when I was 17 and dreaming dreams. Right. Like, that's like a realistic <laughs> age. It's not like so and so was 60 when he got married mm. and 100 when he had a baby and like yeah. all of this, you mm. know? So it says Joseph was 17. He tended the sheep with his brothers and he was a Naar. So, right, that mm -hmm. twink, Beautiful. he was a twink. It could mean like a genderless youth, specifically maybe in a servile role because of your age. I don't know. It says he was an R, which also does sort of connote that he's in a servile role too. Two of the sons of Bilha and Zilpa, Jacob's concubines. So he might not be in a servile role, but he might be kind of over them in a way. It's unclear exactly how the power dynamic works. But it says that Joseph is a snitch and he brings bad reports <laughs> of them, of the sons of Bill and Zilpa, to their father. So, okay. So Joseph is not like kind of, he's kind of a shit, but <laughs> we love him. He's a little tattletale. We love him. Come on. Yeah, exactly. So there's like just interesting rank interactions going on here. He's the favored son by a quote unquote real wife as opposed to a concubine, but he is the Na'ar to the older boys of the enslaved wives. But he also has power over them. I don't get how it works, but there's a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. But it says that Joseph is Jacob's favorite son. And he is the child of his old age. Jacob made Joseph his Katonit Pasim. <gasps> his Katonit Pasim. Katonit Pasim. Nobody really knows how to translate this. Katonit, yes, it's a garment. Pasim, 
there's a lot of different ways people translate this multicolored garment, or I've seen because Pasim can mean like wrists and ankles. So people say, oh, it might mean a tunic with long skirts and sleeves or an ornamented tunic, or there's just a lot of different ways people try to translate this and we don't really know what it means. Mm-hmm. And I'm not super concerned with the literal translation, but it is a special article of clothing that denotes his belovedness and position. And I've talked about this before, and I am not the only one who has talked about this. I first read this in Jacob's Wound, which I've talked about before by Theodore Jennings, but the Ketonet Pasim is only mentioned one other time in the entire Hebrew Bible, and that is in 2 Samuel, where it is worn by King David's daughter Tamar, who we talked about a little bit last time. But in that story, it says that the Katonit Pasim is the traditional clothing of a princess. So that is why I call it a princess dress, because the only other time Katonit Pasim <laughs> is mentioned, it literally is worn by a princess and it tells us that it is princess clothing. So I'm going to call it a princess dress. And again, others have too. I'm not the the first one to to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think it was also supposed to connect the character of Tamar, uh, David's daughter, to Joseph for other reasons that we will get into later. So his brothers saw that he was the fave and they hated him because they were jealous. And Joseph then had a dream and he told his brothers about it. And then they hated him even more because because <laughs> Joe's stupid dreams. Well, Joe, because he was like, hey, I had this dream where we were all sheaves of wheat. And like my sheaf was standing up super straight and all of your sheaves were bending over and bowing to me. And his brothers are like, what the fuck? So you think you're going to like rule over us? And yeah. they hated him even more. And then he so had hate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hate. And then they had another, he had another dream and told his brothers and his father, OMG, in this one. This- oh, wait, wait. Can I try to guess? Yeah. It is, the, is it the one about shiny stars, but he's the shiniest star? Um, that, that would be a poetic interpretation. It, it, it just says, uh, the sun, it's the lyric in a song. And then, well, okay. it says the sun, the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And this time, even his father is like, what the fuck? So like me and your mother and your 11 <laughs> brothers are supposed to bow to you now. What the fuck? <laughs> but so anyway, his brothers were envious which is uh so Cain remember Cain and Abel mm-hmm. Cain is a pun on envy and mm. so when it says uh, his uh-huh. brothers were envious you're supposed to be thinking of oh shit mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his father kept it in mind but his brothers then went to pasture their father's flock at Shechem which what happened there oh, oh yeah that's that's where the all the shit, with, shit with Dina went down mm. yeah So Israel sends Joseph to check on them because Joseph's a snitch and bring back word. (laughs) And Israel is like, I'll send you to them. And Joseph is like, okay, here I go. And he says, Hineni, which is like, here I am. And that's what, whenever somebody says that in the Hebrew Bible, you know, shit's about to get really real. 
like mm-hmm. oh yeah re- usually really bad sometimes really good but anyway didn't like abraham oh that's what, yeah that's what abraham says to god right before he tells him to kill his son and all this stuff but so anyway at shechem he runs into a guy who tells him actually your brothers are over in dotan so it's like the shechem was just a detour to remind us of how fucked up shit is right mm. <laughs> wow they weren't even there that they weren't even the there being like, that was just the book being remember. like remember yeah so joseph finds them in dotan and they saw him coming and before Mm. he came closer they conspired to kill him and they said to one another look the master of dreams is coming Hmm. let's murder him throw him into one of the pits and then we can say an evil animal ate him and we will see what his dreams become Jeez. So it escalates very quickly. Very dark. <laughs> I mean, they have been hating his guts. I mean, it does escalate to murder, but true. like they cannot say enough how much they hate this dude. <laughs> yeah. Cannot stress that is true. enough how much We just they talked as like, and then they hated him even more. And then they hated him even more. So it doesn't come yeah. out quite of nowhere. Then Ruben hears... And he says, let us not take his life. Just throw him into the pit, but don't hurt him yourselves. So Reuben is like MVP, mm-hmm, right? Totally. And it says that Reuben intended to save him and restore him to their father. So that was like his plan. And so when Joseph came to them, they stripped off the princess dress that he was wearing and cast him into the waterless pit. Then they sat down to a meal. <laughs> <laughs> So like Joseph is like just down there being like murder guys. makes me hungry. Let's <laughs> eat. Hey guys. <laughs> so Don't they sat down. Da- they eat. sat down to a meal and they saw some Ishmaelites. Remember Ishmael? Mm. Oh yeah. Ishmaelites. So they saw some Ishmaelites. So there's a lot of callbacks to like fucked over brothers and fucked over people and like all this stuff right now. But uh saw some Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with camels full of gum, balm, and latinum, not latinum. Yeah. Not gold pressed latinum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so much. Uh, <laughs> I can dream, you know. But so they're coming with all this stuff on their way to Egypt. And Judah says, what do we gain by killing our brother? We should sell him to the Ishmaelites as a slave instead. After all, he is our own flesh. And they all agreed. This is a great lunchtime conversation. (laughs) Okay. And then it's all of a sudden, it's not Ishmaelites anymore. It's Midianites. If you're talking to somebody who's like a, you know, historical critical person, they'll be like, probably, you know, maybe there were like two different stories and they kind of just combine Sure, 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 sure. Like when you take your one folder on your computer and you put it on your like external and it's like this already has this do you want us to merge the documents yes right so it's like maybe they like merge to the documents right very relatable metaphor yeah yes well done so, so maybe it merged the documents but anyway now all of a sudden it's midianites and they pass by and they pulled joseph up out of the pit and sell him for 20 pieces of silver to the ishmaelites and then it's them again who again, there's some glitches maybe in the in the merging, mm-hmm. who brought Joseph to Egypt. Why Midianites all of a sudden, we don't know. And actually a lot of rabbis in Midrash had some fun with why it keeps going back and forth. But so anyway, Reuben then returned to the pit 
and saw Joseph was gone and he rent his clothes. So I guess he wasn't there at lunch. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. He didn't want to go to the same restaurant. Yeah. He uh, wanted to eat something else. He's a vegan, clearly. Yeah. Mm. So like Ruben goes back to his brothers and says, hey, the boy is gone. What the fuck? And they took Joseph's dress, slaughtered a goat and dipped the dress in the blood. Then they took the princess dress and brought it to their father and said, we found this. Is it your son's dress or not? And he recognized it and said, my son's dress, an evil animal has eaten him. Joseph was ripped apart by a beast. Jacob rent his clothes and put a sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son for many days. Now all his sons and daughters, okay, (laughs) tried to comfort him, (laughs) but he refused saying, I will go down to my son in Sheol mourning. So his father wailed for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites, and this time it's them again, sold him to Potiphar, one Mm -hmm. of Pharaoh's eunuchs. I know that person because he's in the musical. He's in the musical. Mm -hmm. Ah. And that is where we leave Joseph for today. And next time, actually, we're going to have a little interlude story before uh-huh. we get back to Joseph, which I is Ooh. one of my favorite parts of the Hebrew Bible. This is very exciting. What's the interlude story? Can you give us a teaser? Well, it's about holy sex work. Cool. And Judah is going to kind of learn some lessons. Oh, <laughs> he is. Judah's going to learn some lessons. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he boy. Is. A dame is gonna teach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Final thoughts about this. And I have preached a sermon about this. Other people have talked again about mm-hmm. Joseph as the queer kid, Joseph and his princess dress. Joseph is complicated, right? Because he's not just a super innocent kid. He's kind of a prick, he's kind of a snitch. Right. Yeah, he's a tattletale. He's a he's a he's kind of a brat, right? Like yeah. he's like he's we're like, gonna hey, talk check little... out this dream where yeah. I was the coolest. Right. We're gonna like, talk a little bit about those dreams too. The first thing I want to talk about is the major bullied queer kid vibes that I get from this story. Because mm-hmm. mm. if you read it as a princess dress, and it's hard not to once you see the the parallel there, it becomes hard to not see him as a bullied queer kid, at least in my perspective. Rabbi Danya Ruttenberg, who's fantastic, has written about the queerness of Joseph on her Substack, And I'll try to put this link somewhere. But if you just Google Rabbi Danya Ruttenberg and Joseph queer, you'll probably find it because I think this is a public entry. But she notes so, so remember that midrash that we talked about a couple times ago that claims that Dina's sex was changed in Leah's womb? Oh, yeah. So Rabbi Ruttenberg notes that there is an extension of this midrash that claims that actually Dina and Joseph's souls were switched in their mother's wombs. So Dina, originally male, became a female in Leah's womb, and Joseph, originally female, became a male in Rachel's womb, and they sort of body switched. Fascinating. Right. And there's a lot of parallels and intertwinedness between Dina and Joseph. Anita Diamond picked up on that and sort of turned that into the whole third act of her book, The Red Tent. 
we're going to see that a little more as we continue following the Joseph story, because Joseph really becomes the main character for the entire rest of Genesis. Here's my other layer of that. Is there a way we can read Joseph as neuroatypical? Yeah. I mean, sure. Because when I read Joseph telling these stories to his brothers of his dreams, I see a kid who doesn't understand how they're going to react to Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like doesn't understand yeah, mm. how that could be seen and interpreted by others. Right. Who's like, oh, this is this cool, weird dream that I had. You know, the brothers are reading all of this stuff into it that Joseph isn't even necessarily seeing at that point. Yeah. Like, because Joseph isn't actually interpreting these dreams. At this point, his family is interpreting the dreams. Yeah. Joseph is just reporting them. Later mm. on, we'll see Joseph starts interpreting dreams of other people. Mm-hmm. But at this point, Joseph is not the one who's interpreting the dreams. I like that. So I mm-hmm. think that's interesting. I could see it also as why he's a tattletale. You know, if he's like, listen, there are rules and we follow rules. And like, yeah. this is this is what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> or just, or, or maybe not even understanding that what he is doing is telling on his brothers mostly just being like Mm -hmm. oh hey brother i see my brother doing this and then being like hey here's what my brother's doing i'm just telling a story and not understanding the consequences or the implications of you know yeah i think the main thing here is joseph stands Mm. out yeah Mm -hmm. joseph in every instance yeah that we have mentioned so far joseph stands out any way you read this joseph is different from his brothers Mm mm-hmm He's the nail sticking up. Yeah. And they don't necessarily like him for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and maybe we can understand some of that. And maybe we feel, you know, sympathy for Joseph for some of that. But he doesn't fit in. Yeah. The character in the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical is a pure hearted innocent who seeks to do good. Like, okay. I was thinking about how much more interesting the musical or like a show about Joseph might be if we could have a chance to see him more as a prick or, you know, (laughs) as a tattletale or be Mm -hmm. like, because in the very, like from the very beginning, like basically Joseph is like very pure. He's utterly adored by his father and his brothers are jealous of him, like through nothing that Joseph himself has done. Like he displays no faults. He's just like, good. He's a golden boy. He's loved. And he's like, yeah, I had this dream and this is what happened. Weird, right? You know, and he gets a cool coat and he's like, wow, I have a pretty coat. Look, it's so pretty. And his brothers are like, we hate you. And they kick him out and he's like, what? He really doesn't have a chance to grow because he just starts out as a positive character. There's Mm. actually a song called Close Every Door to Me after he's, spoiler alert, he's imprisoned at some point. So he's there and he's like, close every door to me, like take those I love from me. Like no matter what terrible thing you do, I will survive it and I will have faith because I know that the people of Israel have been promised a land all to their own in the future. And I know that, you know, we are a promised people and we'll have a land of our own someday. So he's like, I can take anything. And I'm like, watching the show, I was like, where did this come from with this guy? Like I've literally seen... Him, I've never seen him really display any of his own personality or care about anything. Stuff really just happens to him. I'm happy to know about this story and the book and how Joseph is seen 
and portrayed and more about the type of person that he is. But as far as the musical goes, he's really just like great and perfect all the time. I mean, biblical characters oftentimes don't have the same types of personalities that we would want them to have if they were in like a modern movie, right? Yeah. And so I hate that I'm saying this, but if if that's how you, and again, I haven't seen the musical, but if that's how you read that character in the Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, that might actually be kind of accurate. But you know what? We're cool. going to... We're going to go through and see how how much of a character Joseph has from a modern perspective and what what we think about him, because, again, he's going to be the main character for the rest of the book, almost. Mm -hmm. I didn't the tattling thing. It's so funny because we were talking about like scent of a woman like a couple of episodes ago, and like that's a major fulcrum in this, right? But not a snitch, you know? And so it's a major Jude's like, what is happening? No it, it is a it's a big plot point in the film. Yeah. Being a snitch. Yes. Or okay. not being a snitch. Not you know. not being right. a snitch. Yeah. A, a young boy at a prep school is punished because he doesn't tell the principal the names of his fellow students who destroy his car. Mm-hmm. And somebody else does uh, yeah. because he's like being protected by his rich father. But this kid going to the prep school doesn't have any money. He's there on a scholarship and he has no one to protect him in his corner. And basically the principal is like, you're not going to tell me the names. And like, I, you're, I'm going to publicly disgrace you in a hearing and you suck. And Al Pacino's character comes to his defense, you know, yeah. and it's like, this boy is not a snitch. That is something that he should be honored for. But here you don't get all that build up, right? Like, so Scent of a Woman, <laughs> the entire movie builds up to this point. Here, it's just like Joseph heard some stuff or he saw some stuff and he brought some reports back to his dad. And I'm like, these brothers are not that great, like as evidenced by their behavior in the previous chapters. Right, Maybe yeah. they were terrible and they deserved it. <laughs> so, right. No, I mean, that's oh actually God. real, right? Like yeah. five like, seconds ago, they were like murdering a whole town. Yeah. I actually <laughs> thank you. <laughs> forgot about that and disconnected that entire experience from the characters that we were just talking about. Now. So thank you for that reminder. And I'm like, these they're guys awful. are no right, like no saints. I'm just like they're not great guys. Yeah, I'm not hating on Joseph because like he brought back some reports that were bad. <laughs> I mean, does it show a certain lack of awareness? Yes. So I love the the neuroatypical angle because I mean it's kind of perfect, right? Because it's like listen to my dream where like you were all bowing down to me like in what universe do you think that's going to engender you or endear you to these people who you just uh are murderous but it is interesting to sort of track joseph as a character from this sort of i mean i wouldn't vociferously argue against brattiness on the part of joseph i have a really hard time seeing him as bratty like because that's just not how I originally read him. Mm-hmm. Like I originally read him as sort of a queer, potentially neuroatypical kid, but maybe I'm just projecting. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, your sermon on this is one of my favorite sermons that I've heard you do. In your sermon, you also mention how it is not helpful or productive or like maybe beneficial to try to 
apply our own understandings of gender and gender identity and presentation and transness onto the story that is millennia old. And I agree with that. And I think that that's a good way to look at it. And I like that we kind of bring that to this podcast and the telling and looking at these stories. We try to keep it in a context of like millennia ago, it was not the same as what it is for us now. We Mm -hmm. have to look at it with a different understanding. But I also love how that doesn't mean that we can't or we shouldn't or we must never think about it in the terms of our lives now. Isn't that one of the things that people wish to do and like can can do with the Bible to make it positive is like look at it in context of us now. And I'm like, if you would like to look at it and relate it to things that are happening in your life and things around you in a positive way, I don't think that's harmful. And I think it can be, I think it can be helpful. So looking at it as like, if you kind of relate to Joseph, seeing him as a queer kid who is getting bullied by his family and who is being cast out and ostracized by his family. And if you feel like you are not alone and if you feel like you can be seen in one small way through this story that is millennia old by seeing it that way, right? that is a good and beautiful thing. Oh yeah, I was thinking like what makes Joseph so special? I don't think he's very different from lots of the other people that we've heard about. Things happen to him that seem very unfair, that don't really feel justified. What happens afterwards may be confusing to us and we wonder what meaning we can make from it. We wonder like, why did this happen to this person? Like, why is the story here in this book? Joseph is singular and also Joseph is in a long line of kids who are favored who shouldn't necessarily be favored right like why is jacob favored over esau like unearned privilege (laughs) unearned privilege well so sure yes we could say unearned privilege i was thinking more in terms of surely there's something to these stories being told to a particular audience who might resonate with the kid at the end of the line or the youngest or Mm -hmm. the one who's atypical, right? Turning out to be the one who's favored, right? The the concept of unearned privilege is, is kind of interesting, right? Like I was thinking about my reaction to Esau and Jacob from a couple of times ago where I felt so bad for Esau when Jacob took his birthright. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, well, why the fuck am I feeling bad for him? Like, Mm -hmm. why does, why does he deserve this more than Jacob does just because he was born because he was expecting it. Is that me being the man? Like, like I love that. Right. Cause there's this weird way that Esau being the firstborn and therefore getting the blessing, like if anything, that's unearned privilege. On the one hand, it's like, well, why Jacob, right? Like, why aren't things going the way they're supposed to go? But on the other hand, like, why Esau, you know? Right, right, totally. That again and again, right? Where it's, what is this business of the scrappy young runt of the litter becoming the one who gets the glory? wife yes would you like to wrap it up and and tell us what you remember yeah let's wrap it up uh here is what i remember 
Jacob and his family are in a new place. They're settling in, they're doing stuff. Brothers are like doing cheap things. Sheep things. <laughs> I thought you said cheap what, things, you make- and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, okay, but also <laughs> doing sheep things Should is a little big. Be Can you be counted as whores? Okay, fine. Okay, listen, do you want me to <laughs> yeah, yeah, sum this up oh, or not? Sorry. Okay, jeez. So his brothers are working. Joseph like watches his brothers and sees them like slacking off or doing stuff they're not supposed to do. Goes back, tells his dad. His dad loves Joseph and is like, I love you. You're the best. Your mom was the best. You're so great. Here's a beautiful clothing thing. And some people think it's a coat and other people think it's a dress. It's a princess dress. So he's like, yay, cool. I have this cool dress. And his brothers are like, why do you get a cool dress? Me, so dumb, yeah, stupid kid. And he's like, hey, I had these weird dreams. Isn't this funny? Like we were all wheat, but I was the tallest wheat. And everybody else was Wheats was bowing to me. Ha ha ha. And they're like, oh, you think you're better than us? He's like, hey, I had another weird dream when I was I was like, there's sun and moon and stars. And the, all the stars were you all and you were all bowing down before my star. I, I wonder why I had a dream about that. Ha ha. It's funny. And even his dad is like, whoa, you think you're better than me? What a jerk. His brothers hate him so much. And they're like, we're going out and doing shepherd things. Our job of being shepherds and Jacob is Joseph's dad is like, Hey, go watch your brothers and see what they do. He's like, okay. He goes out. He swings by that place where all that shit went down. Just so the book could look directly into the camera and say, remember. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, they're actually not here. They're actually somewhere else. So he's like, okay. And he gets there and he starts walking towards them and his brothers see him coming. And they're like, that brother we hate is coming. Stupid dream boy. Let's kill him. And Ruben's like, whoa, we maybe we don't need uh let's just like leave him lying in a ditch somewhere or something. And then we'll take his clothes and like tear him up and put blood on him and say that an animal killed him. <laughs> so they do that, they take his clothes and they they kick him in a, a ditch. And then Ishmaelites come by and the brothers are like, Hey, while we're having this mid-murder luncheon. Um, I have a better idea. Like let's that. let's not just leave him in there, but let's sell him, and then we'll get some money. So they sell him into slavery with the Ishmaelites. But Reuben was eating somewhere else because he didn't want Mexican or something. He was like, like I want my green smoothie. Bye. And then he comes back after lunch, and he's like, Hey, what happened to our brother that we were gonna not kill? And they're like, oh, we sold him into slavery. Anyway, let's kill this little goat. Um, <laughs> they kill a baby goat, dip the dress in the blood, bring it to their dad. And they're like, hey, we found this dress. Is it Joseph's? And his dad's like, oh, my God, it is. This is the dress I gave him. And he's very sad. And he tears it. And he wears a sackcloth. And he mourns for a long time. And he's very sad. Um, and then also the book says something about like his sons and daughters okay, what daughters are there anyway, moving on. Um, They like try to make him feel better. And they're like, they're there. Hey, it's okay. And he's like, it's not okay. It's the worst thing ever. And he's very sad. End of scene. Real. Yeah. All right. That was pretty good. Good job. Thank you. Next time on It's in the Book. Holy sex work. Holy Great. sex work, Batman. Yeah, no. <laughs>
stop it. Yes. <laughs> Don't never stop it, David. I'm on yeah. your side. Hello, hello. You guessed it, Jay here. I cannot believe we are halfway through season two and really getting there towards the end of the book of Genesis. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for sharing. I've loved hearing feedback about the show. It's helped us to, to keep going, to keep making it. If you're new, please rate and review the show. That helps us to find more of an audience uh, or share it with that friend that you have. You know, the one who's kind of spiritual or maybe has been curious about religion, but maybe they're also queer, or maybe they've been harmed by religion in some way, but maybe they, they really miss it. You know, send this to them. Maybe they'll get something out of it. I, I am contractually obligated to mention my Patreon, patreon.com slash jsylvan. We have a small but mighty team of patrons. We meet up for Bible studies once a month. You can hear all of the rambling, embarrassing, extended, unedited episodes of It's in the Book at only $5 a month. And if that is not something you're interested in right now, that is totally fine too. I'm just happy you're here. You're welcome to follow me at j.sylvan.themself on Instagram. You can also follow Beloved King Musical on Instagram. That is the musical I've been working on about David and Jonathan from the Book of Samuel. Again, I am I'm honored to be sharing this time with you. I appreciate all of the comments I've gotten, even the shitty ones, but I especially love the kind ones. Take care, be well, see you next time. All the blessings.